0: Welcome to the Sacred Birthing and Beyond podcast. This is a space for you to remember who you truly are. Throughout your pregnancy, birth, and your journey into motherhood, this podcast will support you to tap into your inner knowing, your inner guidance, and begin trusting yourself more than ever before. This is where we have deep, wise, and soulful conversations with myself and other mamas, about their sacred pregnancy, their sacred birthing experiences, and the rite of passage into motherhood. We keep it real, raw, and inspiring to elevate your own spiritual path and help you to embody your intuition and your feminine power throughout your pregnancy, birth, and beyond. And I am so excited you are here. Welcome to today's episode, where we have a very inspiring guest with us, Diane Pierotti. Diane is a mother of three boys. Her eldest son is almost seven, and her twins are almost four. Today, we will be hearing Diane's incredible birth story of her twin boys, which was a VBAC. And for those that haven't heard the term VBAC, it stands for vaginal birth after caesarean. Diane had planned for a natural birth with her firstborn, but after a very long and distressing labour, this birth resulted in a caesarean. But despite this, she was determined to experience a physiological natural birth with her twins, but this required a lot of determination to find a support team that encouraged her vision. A VBAC with twins is not something that the medical system encourages, but Diane researched all the risks and found that it was a safe option to birth her twins vaginally. She found her support team and she had a wonderful natural birth in hospital. Diane's hope is that this birth story of her twins will open the eyes of medical staff to support women in having a physiological twin birth after caesarean. I would also love to see this awakening in the medical midwifery community, and my hope is that any birthing woman listening to this episode recognises their true birthing power, stands up for their birth that they desire and cultivates an unwavering trust in their body and ultimately in themselves. Diane is also an acupuncturist by trade, however she more recently guides people with tarot therapy with intuitively guided tarot readings as well as looking at their unconscious material and into stories of empowerment. Welcome, Diane. Thank you for being here today and sharing your beautiful story of your twin birth. I'm excited to dive into that.
1: Hi, Bianca. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited too.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. And yeah, I have heard your story before, but yeah, you know, there's always so much to learn from stories when you hear them a second time round. And for the listeners, this will be their first time hearing this, no doubt. So there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of information too, I suppose, in your story, because your story is not a common one, having a VBAC with twins particularly. So, you know, I feel that any woman who is pregnant with twins listening to this will gain a lot of knowledge, I suppose, that potentially they're not aware of, having done all the research yourself around the risks and what you're entitled to as a woman birthing twins after cesarean and you know the importance of having that support team which you sought out with all of that determination after having the cesarean with your first. So I'd love for you to start off though sharing what was it like for you when you found out you were pregnant with twins and what was that pregnancy like for you?
1: Okay so when I was pregnant with the twins, the first trimester, I was really exhausted and feeling sick a lot, very different to my first pregnancy. So at some point, I thought that either something was wrong, or I was having twins. So when we did have the scan, and we saw that there were two babies, I was surprised, but I had already had this thought. My husband, on the other hand, was really quite shocked. And it. Yes, it took a while for him to realise, you know,
0: we're having twins. Mm. Yes. Yeah, um, I well, could imagine that yes. um, just that moment, it would, you know, it's not, for a lot of people it's not even something they would consider that this is possible, right? Like we all know it's possible, but, yeah, it would have been, would have taken a long time, potentially more so for him to, Get his head around the fact that you've gone back for one more, but there's two there. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, it was a good surprise, mind you. It was not, you know, because we actually wanted to, we wished for twins. I had a, I had a, a dream vision board. I had done the collages and I had put twins there. I was really, really hoping for them. So, yes, but then I started reading all the, you know, all the blogs and what it, what it's like to have twin babies, and I was telling my husband about this, and yeah getting a bit um, stressed, I suppose, (laughs) you know, beforehand. Yeah.
0: Yeah, understandably too, because a twin birth, particularly after cesarean, it's not as straightforward as just a a single pregnancy where there's been no complications in the past. You know, you have all of these decisions to make and all of this new learning to do along the way. Mm.
1: Yes, so I did... Yeah, it's right. I did a lot of research too, because I really wanted to have a vaginal birth. I really wanted, I always wanted to have a natural vaginal birth. So I read all I could online, all the articles I could find. Uh, I I tried to find podcasts, stories of women who had given birth to their twins, you know, not by cesarean. And there were not many, you know, there were maybe three or four. That's all I could find. But um Yes, what I found is that it was possible. It was absolutely possible.
0: So just backtracking before we go into the birth story, with your seven-year-old son, so you had planned for a natural birth with him, but just briefly, how did that unfold?
1: Yes, so I had planned for a natural birth and um, it was a very, very long labour. So I was in labour for one night at home, one full day, then in hospital, another night, I was at the family birth center. I was able to, you know, use the shower, go in the tub. I really wanted a water birth. I had done hypnobirthing. I had a doula. You know, I had all these things, um, but I wasn't progressing. So at some point, I was really exhausted. I couldn't sleep, and um, we, you know, we tried different positions and breaking my waters, and there was no progression. So I had, I was moved to the hospital. Hospital, King least. Um, and then I accepted to have an epidural, uh, and that allowed me to sleep a little bit, to rest. And I was very fortunate to meet, well, to be assigned uh, an obstetrician who could speak French. He was really amazing. Uh, I told him that I, I I would like to have a vaginal birth, so he he took this into account. And um, he, you know, he had a look like he tried, but he told me, look, uh, the position of your of your child, he wasn't. Fully posterior, but he wasn't he wasn't in the right position. So his head was just, you know, um, hitting my, my, my my bones. So he said he couldn't pull him out with forceps without causing a lot of damage. He didn't t- tell me that straight away. He told me that after, but he said that the caesarean was the safest, um, safest option.
0: Okay. And so following that, then you found out you were pregnant with twins. And I would imagine being in your position, your determination for a vaginal birth would have almost amplified. Second time around, you didn't get the dream birth that you wanted at the start for your first. So second time, it's like, I will do anything I need to do to make this happen.
1: You're absolutely right. Yes. I was fiercely determined. Um, also, I knew I was going to be in this category, at-risk pregnancy, my age, cesarean before. I also had um, gestational diabetes before. I knew this was, you know, I was highly at risk of this. this these are all complications, like obstacles that are going to come, you know, <laughs> preventing you to have this dream birth. Um, to be honest, I don't remember everything. I just remember that I was reading, reading, reading a lot, all I could find, and um, I hired the same doula that I had. She was very supportive. And um, straight away, when um, when I, I went to hospital, I, I told them from the first appointment, at every appointment, I told them, I want a vaginal birth. I don't want to have an epidural, all these things. Never, you know, nothing was ever told and was ever said to me that it wasn't possible. I was always like, fine, fine, fine. Until I reached so many weeks, I can't remember exactly, maybe 27 weeks and then they started to say well you know it's 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 not really recommended it's not safe i was really quite surprised um although my doula said yeah that's actually very common when you reach a certain stage that's when the you know the narrative changes from the hospital and they start to tell you it's not safe and yeah you should have a yeah. cesarean
0: and that's when all the stress for you i would imagine increased because then all of a sudden the place where you're going to birth you're feeling unsupported and I would imagine too in a way you probably felt it all fell on you in a sense you know you had to do the research you almost had to prove that it was safe that the risks were minimal that what you're choosing is okay
1: yes so I it was very surprising and disappointing for me everything was in place. I felt, you know, confident in everything. And suddenly it was completely turned around. And, you know, every time you go to hospital, you see a different midwife, you see a different doctor. I remember particularly a doctor I had never seen before. And he started telling me, you know, how uh, my, my babies could die, that it was really unsafe, that my uterus could tear and so on. And I had read that there was no there was no studies. Like actually, the numbers didn't show that there was a higher risk of tearing in a V-back. And he was telling me all these things that were making me, you know, doubt and not really, but I was feeling stressed by this. You know, it's a lot of pressure put on you. Like you might kill your babies, basically, by your choice. At some point, he did say, uh, well, actually, there are no studies to show this. And I immediately thought, oh, okay well that's good that you're telling me this that there are no studies this is like you're telling me this but it's based on nothing
0: yeah so why are you telling me this
1: why are you telling me this well, yeah. I had already seen you know all these documentaries the business of being born and all these things you know I was aware that there are different things at play um, but I also thought well, yeah, if you discourage women to try and have a natural birth and you tell them they have to have a cesarean, there will never be studies, and there will never be, you know, the the facts to show that it is safe.
0: Mm. and I love that you shared that with me before, too, because it's such an eye-opener to consider it that way. It's like if pregnant women with twins are not encouraged, and the, you know, you hear of this whether they've had a caesarean before or not, you know, they could have had a vaginal physiological birth for their firstborn and then they're pregnant with twins. They're still very, very often discouraged to have a natural birth. The caesarean is what's recommended. And as you said, if they don't have the encouragement to birth their babies naturally, which they are what we are born to do, then where, how can they cultivate the data and midwives the experience in delivering those babies yes you know it, yes. it becomes the less common way doesn't it which is yes. really quite sad
1: yes exactly so after this doctor i asked to see the uh, the chief of service okay so um from what my doula knew this chief this this obstetrician um was open to bridge birth and vbac so I was feeling you know, I, I thought it was I might have uh, I might have a different conversation with her, but when I saw her, she was very cold, and she was just like she was writing percentages on a paper and telling me, "Okay, so this is your risk of this and this is your risk of this and this is your risk of this it was it was really really terrible. She was not supportive at all. And so after that, I was feeling so defeated um and it was my mom actually who had the idea she said look why don't we try to talk with the obstetrician that you had for your first birth you know and yeah, see or perhaps it will be you'll feel better supported with him so yes I managed to see him and tell him all of this and he was like okay so look for me there are only two statistics statistics it happens to you or it doesn't happen to you as you know once you start one procedure you know it's there's a very high risk that there are going to be more procedures. So, yeah, so he he was very supportive of my choice. And that that, that was a complete game changer. He accepted to move me, to accept me in his team. All his team was just like him, very supportive of my choice. And, yeah, that made a, a huge difference to me.
0: Yeah, and isn't it beautiful how the stars align like that? You know, for your first baby you did not want a cesarean that was not your dream birth but the fact that you had that obstetrician then the ripple effect of that 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 had on your twin birth is so beautiful
1: yes it's true because otherwise I wouldn't have known what to do you know I I don't know any obstetrician had not done any research for that I was just you know I was just going public and I was yeah
0: Yeah. And as you said, he was confident in delivering breach in twin babies. And that's not a common story for obstetricians. You know, if anything, they continue to, you know, and of course, they play an important role. And there's incredible obstetricians out there. But, you know, like you said, you walk into that hospital setting, and you're just riddled with fear and statistics the whole time. And then you find out that some of those statistics are not even true. Or, you know it's where's the empowerment where's the questions around how do you feel your baby's going you know Mm -hmm. how do you feel about birth what is your desire for your birth you know there's no questions around that unless you go to a birthing center or a home birth setting but for you your determination and your knowledge around birth led you to making those really empowering decisions which Oh, like we said, that then in itself has such a, a ripple effect every time you share your story.
1: Yes, I
0: hope so. I hope yeah, so. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. And you can only trust that every woman who listens to your story is supposed to hear it and take something from it, whether they're a mummer of twins or whether they're having a single pregnancy or whether they're considering having a pregnancy Yes. You know, whether they've even birthed their babies, it's there's always so much magic you can take from these stories.
1: Yes, I agree. So much to learn, you know, and just so empowered.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So for you, along the pregnancy, so you got to about 27 weeks, and these conversations started to take place, and you had to do a bit more research and really find that power and that trust within yourself again to keep going with the birth that you desired. So as you had your new obstetrician on board you had your support team you had your doula leading up to the birth how were things for you then in your body you know you've got two babies in there I saw a photo of you which I will have to share Yes. <laughs> I just remembered yes, you, that I've got were. that you were yes. huge but of course you were because you had two babies in there
1: yes I was so huge people would stop me on the street and say you're pregnant with twins right I'm like yeah <laughs> yes, I my, my belly was messy. When I look at the photos, I almost can't believe it. Uh, yes, I was very, I was so tired. Uh, I was very lucky I could nap. Um, I stopped working. I can't remember, but I, yeah, quite early I was working. Um, yes, so I, I I stopped working because I, I had to stand up, you know, and it was just, I had back pains, I had pelvis pains. I was never comfortable for sleeping, you know, all these things. That you forget afterwards, obviously. But I was also, I was also, I was also just so happy, so happy. Uh, also, I would say, I had gestational diabetes. I did not follow the recommended diet. It didn't, it didn't work for me. I found another uh, nutritionist, you know, with a different approach. I ate a lot of proteins. Uh, I looked at them uh nourishing traditions or you know the western price diet you know and i was supposed to eat so much protein every day to support a twin pregnancy i did my best i think all of this played a part in the fact that you know i arrived almost full term um with my twin pregnancy they were born at 37 plus five days so uh, the fact that i could rest that i had all this nourishment you know my mom came here I could not drive the car like I could not fit behind the wheel. No, of my course. Mom, <laughs> no? <laughs> so my mum came and she she drove me around. Uh, I could not put my shoes on. Yeah, I could not like bend over my my belly.
0: You're even um, in a single pregnancy. I I remember and I'll experience it again soon, but yeah, like bending over to put your shoes on and with two babies in there that would be absolutely impossible. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So I had lots of uh, lots of support yeah amazing
0: yeah yeah beautiful and you know it's so important to to ask for that support you know I, I would imagine you would have been in a position where you almost had no choice you have to have that support because how do you do some of the things that you need to do especially when you have another child
1: yes absolutely well also um my mom is of um Chinese descent and it's it's just you know it's in the culture to help pregnant women and you know women of uh, mothers of newborn children there is there is this knowledge that you just have to support the mother um but not only that I mean my, my mother-in-law was amazing I, I, had, I had lots of support yes
0: yeah yeah and that that's almost been lost in a sense is hasn't it you know that there's so much focus on the baby you know the baby showers and buying the baby gifts and making you know visiting the baby afterwards but the mother wow she just goes through this incredible transformation in her life and rite of passage and in culturally and over thousands of years the focus has been on the mother you know Nurturing the mother leading up to the birth, ensuring that the mother is cared for postpartum just as much as the baby, if not even more, you know, such a strong focus on that. And it sounds like that. That culture is held in your family still somewhat, but for many, the focus is entirely on the baby, you know, even the saying that the most important thing is with the birth that the baby is safe. Well. If you look at what is the most important thing, I guess maybe that is true in a way, but it completely discredits the woman's experience of birth. It completely discredits the rite of passage that a woman moves through, through that mm. experience. You know, it, there's just so much focus on, we'll just get the baby out safely. And that's the medical system. It is, what are the risks? How do we do this in the safest way possible, regardless of the actual experience that the woman and the baby has it's there's so much to shift in the birthing world there's so much to shift in terms of women's stories and the stories that we pass down to our children around birth and it really starts with us and just like you experience taking on that rite of passage as your own and recognizing that you are the one that gets to make these choices amongst all the reasons why you're told not to. Mm. Yeah
1: I agree with everything that you said I feel that the culture is changing again that we're talking about this about how important it is to take care of the mother and also because before becoming a mother I had never heard about what it is to become a mother and all these things that happen you know I mean not only in your body but you know it's change of identity like we're lucky in a sense that we have all these online uh, you know online communities happening all these women sharing their stories because you can learn from that i didn't learn from you know uh, my my mother's or auntie's or i had one friend who shared you know like mother rage or you know all these things that are not really talked about a lot so I'm very happy that it is starting to change. And also this thing about taking care of the mother, you know, the fourth trimester, it's very important, I think. Um, I can't remember what you said afterwards. <laughs>
0: you yeah, please. no, it's yeah. just, I, you know, that fourth trimester and the first 40 days, I think for you and me, it's probably common language. And the more we talk about it, the more others then become aware that it's even something that is of importance, You know, and that's why sharing stories like this I find so healing for so many people and so awakening. Because every woman that you have a conversation with around her own birth or your own birth or your experience as a mother, it just it can awaken something within someone without forcing any belief system on anyone. It's just conversations heal. And again, this is why we do the podcast and we have you know, people like you on here and share stories because everyone's experience is different and unique and we can always take something from it that perhaps we hadn't considered before. So I would love for you to get into the birth story of the twins. So if you feel like, I mean, start wherever you feel like you'd love to start, but I'd love to hear how the beginning of labor went, Um, I think you said you were inducted. So I'd love to hear all of that, how your support team was, how it was in the hospital setting. And before we do that, something I wanted to mention just before, or I'll ask you the question. So I believe in Perth, which is where we live in Australia, you cannot have a natural, you cannot have a home birth with twins. Is that correct? Unless you free birth
1: probably probably i i don't know uh, my husband was already against a home birth for the first one so that was just out of the question uh, i would i would imagine but maybe maybe with a private midwife i don't know
0: Joan. yeah no i i was speaking to my midwife the other day about this and she said something about and the the reason i'm asking the question is i guess because yours wasn't just a twin birth it was a V back As well, so I would believe that that had to be done in hospital, and the birthing center I believe doesn't do that. Yeah, no, they don't.
1: They don't do VBAC. I think at the family birth center, from what I remember.
0: Yeah. So for you, your option was hospital. Yes. And yeah, I'd love to hear how that whole experience was for you.
1: Yes. So I accepted to be induced at 37 plus something weeks. I, I really didn't want to be induced. I wanted to just like let nature do its thing. Um, but I also trusted my obstetrician and respected, you know, his uh, his opinion. And he said, "Look, if you really want to give birth vaginally, I think this is like the best option to go to no further than 38 weeks because, um, you know, also your babies, you don't make small babies." So, yeah, so this, I accepted that, right? That was the compromise. So it was the 31st of October. I remember it was Halloween. We went to the hospital for the induction and I was so, I was devastated. I was crying. I was sobbing in the car and my husband was like trying to to make me feel better. But I, I just felt it was awful. I felt that it was, you know, pulling my babies out when they were not ready. They were not ripe, you know, they were not complete. That's what I felt. So we went to the hospital and they had to check their heartbeats and all this. And this took a while. They had several people who had to come because they couldn't find the position. Anyway, it's um, what happened is that they were not in the right position. My babies, the whole pregnancy, every time they were checked, they were in the perfect position, head down. You know. And when we went for the induction, they were both transverse, horizontal. There was no way we could have the induction
0: yeah they're saying not today mom yeah no (laughs) and I was really relieved
1: but then the the hospital said okay
0: well we can do cesarean (laughs) they
1: were really happy to offer this we can do it tomorrow I was like no no that is really no I don't want this this was if I have to choose between cesarean and induction I know what I want (laughs) I want the induction so my husband like talked with them and said look can we wait until tomorrow to see if they're back in the right position and so we said okay coming back tomorrow and when i went home that night i i talked with my babies and i i really reflected meditated on this and i i came i i made peace with it you know i said to my babies look if you're in the right position tomorrow fantastic we're doing the induction i am happy with that and if you're transverse i accept that okay this is how it's meant to be i don't know everything we we'll have the cesarean. And I just like, I was at peace with that. So the next day we went, I was relaxed. I was peaceful and they were in the right position so we could have the induction. I was so happy. My doula came. She was so happy as well for me, you know, that I didn't, I wasn't going to have the cesarean. So I had the induction with the balloon because I think it's either for twins or VBAC that they cannot give you the, you know, the, the epi, remember what it's called, uh, the pitocin, I think, the, the the chemical which I didn't want anyway so I had that inserted and I had I was two nights in hospital it was a very slow process and after the second night I was feeling nothing until suddenly it came it was had very strong surges very very intense straight away and um, I was quite scared because my first my first labor was so long and I thought, I I, I cannot, I cannot do this for 36 hours. I I cannot. Um, And it was so intense. I was almost, I was almost going to say, okay, look, I'm ready. Like, give me something, (laughs) give me something. And my doula arrived and she calmed me right down. She said, hey, honey, you've got to, you know, you've got to breathe, breathe slowly. You know, you've got to take control of your breathing. And she held my hand and she softly encouraged me and I managed to calm down. And so I so I managed to, um, yeah, to, to go through the labor. It was pretty intense. Uh, but I remember being in these trance. So when I labor, I'm always, I have my my eyes closed. Like, I don't, don't talk to me. I'm just, I have to be in, in, in my inner world. And I remember feeling almost like I was somewhere else. You know, I was not floating above my body. You know, not like that. But I felt my consciousness was in a different place. <clears throat> and then, so I didn't want the epidural. Um, going to the details, but I had accepted, so with twin birth, there is a risk that once the first twin um, has been birthed, the second twin can go transverse, and then it can become an emergency. So they recommend to have the epidural in place, so that it's just like, hop oh, the shot, and we can do the cesarean if needed. So I'd accepted to do that. At some point, my doula noticed that the midwife who was there was going to give me the epidural. She told my husband, who went there and said, "Nope, she doesn't want it. Uh, A bit later, I had a a small dose of epidural. And that was, from my understanding, to test if it was working properly. And that that pulled me out of my trance. I didn't get back to that state, unfortunately. It's just indescribable. So I regretted that. I, it lifted some of the the intensity of uh, of the birth of the you know the surges. Um, what else can I say? Uh, it was uh, an immense effort <laughs> to get my first my first my first baby outside. You know, getting um, getting outside. But I remember, you know, it's it's so like it takes a lot out of you. And my my doula said, look touch you know, you can touch the head i could touch the head of my baby that was so amazing and you know not long after i had my baby be- my baby on me and it was like overflown with oxytocin and all this love and then it was time to push a second time and put as much effort in there and that was really hard and at some point uh the obstetrician came and told me look uh, i want to do an episiotomy because your baby's heart is dropping the, the heart rate is dropping so we want to get, get get him out as soon as possible. So I accepted that I had the episiotomy, and he actually didn't have to pull very much. And my baby was was born. Like my doula later said, "Look, I've seen many forceps births, and he even like he he would have given you two minutes extra. The baby would have been born by himself."
0: Yeah, it's just that fear of the heart rate dropping, isn't it? Where they go into their well, you know, just trying to keep you and baby safe, but it's hard to know sometimes. And I've heard this story so many times before. Even inducing babies that appear to be too big or too small, and they come out perfect size. But it's just when you're in that setting, you're going to be faced with those decisions and those questions. So, yes, in the I end, have to make that decision
1: mm. right
0: now. You don't have time to think. You are not in a state to think anyway. Mm. Yeah. yeah and ultimately you want your baby safe too so it's it's very yeah, hard you're in sure. such a vulnerable position when you're birthing your baby you're having people sh- you know tell you what they think should happen and then you want something different and then in the end you're just I would imagine you're like just get my baby out you know they're that close you've got the vaginal birth you desired
1: and you did it you know yes. you did it yes I did it yes I was really happy about that and um yeah, the next day my obstetrician, so the one he was not at the birth, but he was chief of service. So the one that I had chosen, he came to visit me and you know he congratulated me and he said, The whole hospital is talking about your birth, you know. And I was I was really not that I was not proud, I was just happy and I thought, well, maybe this is going to change their minds, you know, open their minds, more minds to the fact that it can be done, you know, you can give this choice to women and support them in the choice you know they're they are already in hospital you know if you need to intervene they're here but just give you can give them that uh, that opportunity
0: yeah and how incredible to be part of that experience you know for your babies to have chosen that and for you all three of you and your husband to have had that impact on the medical staff and on the hospital for them to know that they're all talking about it imagine how open their eyes and their hearts would be from that moment to any other woman who walks into the hospital who's wanting a v-back that's With right twins you know well oh, okay you know, done all, it. <laughs> all of a sudden they have this story that they can refer to and it's like wow this woman did it well why couldn't this woman you yes. know before that they have no reference point other than just the statistics
1: true true I I I wish I could know you know the ripple effect of that I I would love to know that yeah Yeah,
0: you just have to trust that that was part of the journey right yes yes what was it like for you when you held
1: right now I don't think me
0: that's okay what was it like (laughs) for you what was it like for you when you held your babies for the first time two of them in your arms
1: it was incredible I've never been so happy. I think it was just magical. I remember uh, at the hospital, um, a midwife she offered to to take a picture of me the first time I, that I um, that I nursed them both at the same time. Yes, it was it was magical.
0: Amazing. I'd imagine that that would have been a big process to learn, was it, to breastfeed both at the same time, the tandem feeding?
1: Yes, well. Yes, you have to find the position that works for you, or whatever the system that works for you. Um, at the beginning, my mom was with us, so I was never alone, and that was really helpful to have someone to give you the other baby. Um, but yeah, you find what works for you. There are different positions, and yeah, it's it's all a learning.
0: It's all a learning process, anyway, right? It is. That's right. Everything's new all of a sudden. You know, when you birth your second baby, even if it's just one baby, everything's new again, whether it's one or two or three, it's just you're thrown into this whole new experience where you just, and every baby is different too, right? So then you're learning what each and every one of them need and creating that beautiful bond between you and realizing what life looks like. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, so, how was it for you? Your postpartum with two? Well, obviously it was with three, but two babies and your your other son.
1: Yes. Um, so, like I said, I had a lot of support. My mom was here. She was cooking. She was shopping. She was um, she was helping with the babies. My husband was at home. I had family. I had friends coming to cook and you know hold the babies and so on. I remember at some point I really wanted to to nurse them to breastfeed them that was my my goal I really wanted to be 100% breastfeeding so I was feeding pumping around the clock and I remember thinking that that is my only purpose at the moment that's all I'm doing I that's feeding the babies producing milk mm.
0: um
1: we were very very tired because uh two babies waking up at different times so Again, I was reading from other, you know, other parents' experiences and trying to think so. If one woke up during the night, I would wake the other up, you know, to feed them together, to try to put them on, you know, the same rhythm. I, I never put them on a schedule, so that, that was my choice. They slept with us in the bedroom. Um it was really quite difficult for their older brother. I think most um first children go through this, but it was very difficult to go from having all our attention to that being split with not even just one baby but two babies and we were so 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 tired yeah it was it was hard but they are they get on really well now so I think it was the best present for him as well to have two brothers
0: yeah absolutely to see that relationship over time and house full of boys (laughs) yes yeah um is there anything you'd like to share with any listeners who may be pregnant with twins wanting to have a VBAC, to have that mm. physiological birth, what advice would you have for them?
1: Well, my advice would be to do their own research, like read everything they can, uh, listen to podcasts like this one. And um, because I don't like, like I said, my my twins were um, DCDA, which means they had both their own amnestic sac and their own placenta. So this is considered the the lowest risk uh, twin pregnancy. All right. So uh, that that would be my first advice to, to do the research, to see exactly what are really the risks and know what they want, you know, what they want, what kind of birth they want. Because, you know, not everyone wants a natural birth or, no epidural or these things uh, but like just read even not just on twin pregnancies but like why would you have a natural pregnancy why would you not have an epidural just just read about it and learn about the the natural process of birth and what happens mm. during birth, why it's important
0: And what role did your, obviously your doula was incredibly supportive and important in your first birth and also for the twins. How much of a role did that play for you? And Mm -hmm. how much, is that something that, you know, I think for you and I, we both know the importance of a doula and how incredible that can be. But for any listener who's, considering having a doula or may not have even really heard much about what a doula can do for them what can you share around that with your experience
1: yeah okay so my cousin gave birth in Canada and she she told me way before I was pregnant she said oh if you're if you can do it okay I knew this was helpful to her so I already wanted to have a doula what the doula what a doula can do okay uh, she knows the hospital setting, she knows everything that can be told to you that can be offered to you. She can offer other choices, you know, depending on what you want. She can say, you know, say that, you know, the medical staff comes and they say, OK, you have to do this. And she might say, well, you know, ask them if you can do this, you know, wait, you know, ask for, an, like, like, you know, there are different options, different case, different scenarios um she's here like for me my husband was amazing but she, he didn't he had no clue he did not know how to support me right she was amazing at supporting me and supporting him telling him what to do she would offer you know drinks uh, for example when i was not hungry she would like massage me she had mm, you know essential oils homeopathy different kinds of things positions to try um i did hypnobirthing with her um what else the most I think what stood out for me is that she was here like especially for the second birth but hearing her words and and she was holding my hand she was just very calm and she helped me find that calm you know it's like you know when you when you when you have two guitars and you do ding the other guitar is going to do the same so it's a bit like this right she was calm and she helped me go back to slow breathing and she was telling me you, know, you can do this and she knows exactly how the birth is happening it's like like telling me you, you can't touch the head of your baby you know your baby's almost here and that everything that she told me was exactly on point it was exactly what I needed to hear that was the best the best support Um, the midwife the midwife I had for my my twin birth as well she was I remember her specifically because she was the same she was saying exactly the right words and she was having this presence you know the, the, the caring calm presence like believing in you as well like you know and I knew that they had done this as well and they had seen a lot of this and they knew exactly they had faith in me I had faith in me and I had faith in me through them yeah
0: yeah, and often it's not even the words that are spoken as much as that was helpful to you, but it's also the energy that they embody. Yes. Yes, that absolutely. calm presence that I've got your back no matter what, and you can yes. do this, believing yes. in you and advocating for you and trusting yes. in you, because then in those moments of vulnerability or those moments where you may doubt or question yourself, it's like they Just shine that light, that little bit of light that you need to just remember what you can do and what you've got within you. you.
1: What you really want and what you can do, yes. Yeah.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to share before we finish up? Anything, I'd love to even, anything else you'd like to share around your experience or any advice you have for any woman that's about to give birth? Or... Mm even what you learned most about yourself through that experience?
1: Okay, so I would say, okay, there was one piece of advice that I personally found useful. I know that it's quite common, but someone told me, look, when the babies sleep, sleep, and that gave me permission to give sleep priority
0: Mm.
1: over everything else that is still going to be here tomorrow and in 10 years as well dishes and all that um i would say as much as possible to have support in place and i think about it beforehand and also you know sometimes you have a premature birth (laughs) so people who are going to be here to help you to cook for you to bring food to do the shopping to, to help in as many ways as possible um I would say that uh, you are capable of much more than what you think. There is like your body has this knowledge that you're not conscious of. And yeah, you have this this strength, this power to do this. There is, there is nothing more amazing, more intense than birth. Mm-hmm. Well, death, I guess as well, <laughs> the two the two ends of the, yeah.
0: Yeah, of course, you know, two pivotal and monumental phases of life, you know, phases of the cycle. And for you to experience, I'm just even like often I, when I've reflected on this podcast of what we'll talk about and just feeling into it, you know, just the being pregnant, I guess it's quite easy for me to feel into that is, wow, the experience of what it would be like to birth two babies,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and then the euphoria that comes after that, especially when you have a room full of people that really didn't think you could do it, Pro- apart from the doula and the midwife, may not have really believed in you or or in the, the experience, you know. Maybe. And who show them what's possible. What an incredible feeling.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Well, Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I just think any woman who's listening to this, who is going to birth twins or even birth a single baby, just every single woman is absolutely incredible. And I think for those women who really do stand up and advocate for what they believe in and what they want, despite what they're told by the medical system, by their obstetrician, by anyone, you know, there's no questioning in what feels right for us as birthing women, what we deeply desire and what our babies desire. And when we connect inwards, just as you did, even communicating with your babies and saying, right, this is, you know, if you're transverse tomorrow, you're telling me, that this is where it's cesarean is the way to go if you're in the birthing canal in perfect position you're telling me it's time for an induction like having those conversations with your baby and trusting in that connection that you have with them I think is the most beautiful thing and the more we do that and the more women that learn how to do that I think that is where the birthing world begins to change and shift and that's where we really regain our power
1: yes Thank you so much for creating this podcast and and giving a voice to more women, you know, to tell their experience.
0: If you enjoyed our conversation today, please consider leaving a podcast review to help this podcast reach more people. I invite you to also like this episode, share it with your family and friends, and be sure to subscribe so you can keep up to date with all future episodes. To follow me on the socials, you will find me on Instagram and Facebook at biancajanelangstaff.xo. From my heart to yours, thank you so much for being here.